0: God wants to do immeasurably more through us. I believe God wants to do immeasurably more in our midst today. If you have a copy of the word, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. We're going to be there this morning. As you flip there, I just want to uh, share a little story with you. I've got three kids of own and the oldest is almost 7. It's crazy how time flies. I can't believe it's already November, almost November, um, right upon us. And time just seems to fly. When you have kids right now, I mean, it just flies by and uh, they're beginning to grow. But we started something about 7 years ago. It was sign language. I don't know a whole lot of sign language. I don't know about you. But we heard that, that if you teach kids sign language at an early age, they'll begin to use that signing before they begin to speak. So you start that communication process, right? I mean, they have a lot of needs at an early age. And so we, we began to teach uh, Aaliyah and then Evan and now Annie, eight months old, a few um, uh, signing um, pieces there. And I, and I want to share a few with you today. The first one is this, please. Or this is please, all right? That makes me feel like I'm hungry. I want to go to Cracker Barber, You know what I'm saying? But this is please. Please. This is thank you. Or this and I just thought about this the Lord really put this on my heart during first service but when we worship aren't we just saying thank you I mean, I have no problem raising my hands because I'm saying thank you thank you Lord thank you for who you are and those are very good mannerisms right I mean those are great things we want them to, to hold on to when they're seven you know what I'm saying um, when they're able to say please and thank you but there was another one we taught them all three of them and it was more alright everybody do that with me more alright Alright, anybody try this with your kids? Raise your hand. Anybody do this with your kids? Alright, one or two families. Okay. Alright, if you have kids, try it. it. It works, okay? Annie, I mean, she picked up on it. Dad dad. She's the only words she can say, but she can be more. So that's more dad dad. Okay, that's good. Um, but here is more, okay? This is more. And Annie and all my kids have begun to learn more. This is, this is why. This is a valuable resource, by the way, okay? Because they can begin to tell you what they need more of. You know, inside of each of us... We have a desire for more. Now, for my, for my child, it's more food, right? All right? More milk, more diapers, more food, more diapers, more milk, more diapers. I mean, it's just like on and on and on. Now, they're not asking. She doesn't ask me for diapers, but she needs those as well. But for her, it's very important for she's like, Dada, more, all right? She can't say it, but she, she can do this. You know, when we do this, this is really more for me. Our hands are closed. It's more. It's about me. And I believe sometimes in our spiritual life, it's, it's, Lord, more, do more for me. Lord, more. More for me. Instead of just saying, Lord, do more through me. You know, we have a desire for more, right? Especially in our society, today. it could be more food, amen? More money, more time. Seems like time gets less and less. I mean, you know, it's like, I need more time in the day. More friends, more income tax return, amen? More cars, more muscles, that's what that was for me, all right? Like, we want more. More for us. More for us. And I believe Jesus today, he wants to do immeasurably more through us. Now, although he will do stuff for us, and we're blessed, y'all. We are blessed. But he wants to do more through us. We're going to see that today as we open up the word in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Let's look at that together. It says this. Now to him... Very important, whatever season of life you find yourself in, if you ever just say now to him, whether it's a prayer, whether it's a praise, whether it's a petition before him, is now to him. Focus off of more inward and, and now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than, we all, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This morning I'm going to bring out five ways or five points that we know when God can begin to do immeasurably more through you and me. When God can begin to do immeasurably more between for you and me. It says this give more praise to him. When we begin to give more praise. To him see Paul in this passage he just got finished talking about the love how deep and how wide and how vast the love of God is and he was praying that for the saints he was praying that for the church and he's inner he's like man i 'm praying for you guys that you'd be rooted and established in this love and he was praying that god 's power would show up in such a in such an amazing way we had an empower Bible conference last weekend. and God just showed up in amazing and dynamic ways and he was he'd been praying that way then paul he Transition. It's kind of like when I'm driving my car, right? And I'm just praying. The Lord puts stuff on my mind. I don't have my eyes closed. So I don't want to wreck. And so I'm going down the road, and I'm praying. Then all of a sudden, it just it goes from prayer to praise. And maybe it's a song that comes on. There's actually a song that Sawyer and Savannah are going to sing at the end of this message called Immeasurably More by Ring Collective Experiment. And, and, and when this song comes on, I mean, sometimes I just, you know, I'm stopped. I will play it on my phone or whatever because I don't text when I drive. And, you know, I, I, I play that song, and, and it comes on, and I'm just like, Sing. Now I got the windows rolled up, right? Because I can't sing. So I'm worshiping. I'm, I'm putting my praise on. And, and, and I have a, a now to him moment. And Paul does that here. He goes into a doxology. This is a well-known, I, I use this verse a lot as well, but this is a well-known praise chorus. And Paul just begins to shout and sing. Now to him. Now to him who is able. And I want to show you a couple things about giving more praise to God. The first one is this adoration. We're to adore him for who he is. The fact that he is God and we are not, and there is no one like God, there is no God but him. Just for who he is, we can admire and adore him. When we enter this house to worship, it's to elevate and adore one, the only one, and it's Jesus Christ. Not only that, but it's appreciation for what he's done. How many of y'all had God do something in your life that you're appreciative of? Raise your hand. Amen. God has done so much for us. He's done so much for our church. He's done his church, I should say. He's done so much in our midst. He wants to continue to do it, but he wants to do immeasurably more through us. Just begin to praise him. Just begin to praise him. I think it's so awesome when you find a song, as we're going to sing a little bit, that comes directly from scripture and it grips your heart. Because that kind of song doesn't return void. Because it's God's word. And we see we need to give more praise to him. When can God do immeasurably more through you? When we begin to, now to him, give him more praise. The second thing is this. Gauge more responsibilities in him. Begin to gauge the possibilities we have in him. He says that, who is able to do immeasurably more. Jesus talked about this in regards to the rich man. He said, hey, can the rich man get to the kingdom? And he was telling his followers this. He's like, hey. Can a, can a rich man get to the kingdom? He's like, it's kind of like a camel trying to fit through the eye of a needle. All right? And you know how big the eye of a needle is, right? You know how big a camel is. Three humps, right? You're like, hey, how's he going to fit in this eye of a needle? Virtually impossible. And Jesus makes this statement. He says, with man it's impossible, but with God it's possible. It's possible for a rich man to get to the kingdom. Look here. If it's less about his stuff. Less about more for me. And that camel can't get through the eye of a needle unless God lets it. It's a whole different story. Nothing's impossible with him. He says, hey, if I can, if I can do that with a rich man, what can I do with your life? What can I do through you? We've got to gauge the possibilities. The first thing we see here is this. His ability. He is able, man. I love Christ's A.Y. I kind of requested that song. I said, can y'all play that song and sing it today? Because it's so fitting. He is able King James Version says this. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. That's immeasurably. Alright? He can do more and more and more. You just think you got him figured out? Even more. Through you, through this church, through our lives. He has the ability to do what? For salvation. Aren't you thankful? that he's able to save, and he's still able to save today, that that's the only name that saves. It's the name of Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one, nobody can't get it except through me. It's only Jesus. For salvation, for sustaining. You know, he, I love this song, above and below me, before and behind me. Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-seven. 27, I love it. The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are his everlasting arms. I was having prayer with the young man yesterday in the hospital at Parkridge, a buddy of mine called me and said, Hey, my dad's in the hospital. Can you come pray? And, and he just has some questions, and he was very fearful and very um, just scared of death. We began to talk, and we began to talk about the assurance that Jesus, and he's saved, but he still had some doubts and just uh, not sure about his salvation. I began to share that, that underneath him, the everlasting arms of God. And If God has a hold of you, no one can snatch you out, John 10 said. No one. I said, hey, man, I used to beat myself up. I used to pray 50 times to accept Jesus, and he's like, hey, bro, I'd die for you one time. You don't have to keep asking me. I mean, it's all right if you do. Just, just recall that I'm there with you. But, man, you just call upon me. And in that moment in that room, he said, yes, Jesus, you got me. You secured me. You're holding me. He says, "This whatever happens to this body. I'm willing so that God will work through me and use me. As long as I have this life, I'm going to be used by him. He has security. He's able what about this for sanctifying he wants to set us apart for a greater purpose and he washes us up he don't have to try to get get clean he does that for you people think man i gotta get clean before i go to church no no no. come to jesus he works all that out he cleans house right we don't do that he does what about this for satisfying man he satisfies us i'm mean, satisfied in the lord man i'm satisfied in him everything in life will leave you empty except for jesus And get this, he who is able enables you. He who is able enables you. Say, Lord, work through me, do more through my life. He's able to do that because he enables us. Without him, and we'll see that in a second, we can't do anything. So his ability is to do anything. He can do anything. What about this? His availability. Aren't you glad he's not sleeping? He's not like taking a nap saying, you know what? Wish Adam would get done with us so I can I can I can do something. He's like, he's not sleeping, he's right on time. He's in the midst of us today. He's available. So he can do anything, and he can do so anytime. He can do so anytime. We've got to gauge the right possibilities. We got to understand that he has the possibilities in his life if we trust and devote ourselves to him. What about this? Then all who we ask or imagine. Third way that we can see that God wants to do incredibly or immeasurably more in our life is when we gather more perspective of Him. When we get a proper perspective of Him. Now, I shared this in the first service. If I were to take my two eyes out, contact, by the way. If I were to take them out today, I could not see you. I mean, it would look like a blur. I'm blind, okay? Alright? Some of you you feel me there, okay? He's like, hey, I'm blind. I take these out and I can't see. I can't even see the word up here. Just me, me and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's even better that way. You know what I'm saying? But if I take that out, I have a different perspective from here. And I believe sometimes in our life, we don't see the things that God wants to show us because we don't have the proper perspective. And we've got to gather as much perspective of him that we can. he says, I can do more than you can ask or you can even think or imagine. I can do more than that. I can blow your mind. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. We were singing a song I was sharing uh, earlier with you that sometimes when God's word is put to lyrics and you begin to sing it in worship, it's pretty incredible. We were at Beach Week 2012, a few years back. We began to sing a song called Rhythms of Grace. Awesome song. And there's a part, there's a a bridge in that psalm that says this. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, the depths of your love, O Lord. No mind can fathom the love you deserve, how great you are. And our praise band began to play this for an hour and 45 minutes, close to two hours. All right, because I didn't get up and speak, nothing, I mean, these guys just started moving. It's one of those things that perspective needed to change, all right? And God was moving, students were being saved. It's no lie, the next morning we baptized 22 students. It was amazing. It was awesome. But God began to move beyond what I can even think and reason. So when I thought I f- had God figure out, I mean, this is great, man. We can do this more often. This is, this is, this is great great worship service, man. This is kind of like Acts. I mean, we didn't have 3,000 come to Jesus. We had a few, and it was awesome, right? And the next morning, Amy Summers, who was one of our cooks that week, she came up to me, she said, I'm going to show you something. She brought her her tablet or iPad or something. She said, hey, I want to show you something. Here's my devotion this morning. She had no clue what happened in worship service the night before. No, idea. did. She was probably sleeping because our cooks, they need some rest, right? You know what I'm saying? Feeding 160 kids, you got to get some rest. And so she's like, hey, look at this devotion I had this morning. I flip, I look at it, and I was like, 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has prepared for those. And I was speechless. I was like, God. It was confirmation in my spirit that, hey, look, man, ain't nothing happened yet. God's like. I'm just confirming right now that you're, you're in the center of my will in this moment, but I got something greater in store for my church. It's so like, you just wait. I'll blow your mind even more. And here we see we've got to gather as much perspective as we can. In that moment, I was left speechless. In other words, the proper perspective is sometimes we, we can't enunciate with our mouth. It says, more than we can ask, sometimes you don't know how to pray, Right? There are moments in your life and you're like, Lord, I don't know how to pray. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. Flip to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I just want to read a couple of verses here of how when we don't know how to enunciate the words that we need to pray. That the Holy Spirit is there to help us. Romans 8 verse 26. It says this, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness... We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes, amen, for us with groans that words cannot express. Like, he's praying a prayer. We don't have to pray. Isn't that awesome? Right now, he's praying for Adam. He's like, hey, Adam, I'm praying for you. I'm praying it, you know. You make it. I'm praying that you are used by me. He's, He's praying for me. And he, who searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints, that's us, in accordance with God's will. In other words, when we don't know what to enunciate with our mouths, the Holy Spirit's praying for us, and he's right on time. And he's praying for you and me, listen, today, to get in alignment with his will. And that Holy Spirit is praying that. He's like, man, I want you in the center of my will. So my Holy Spirit's interceding and praying for you right now. Even as you're listening, God's speaking to your heart through this message. His Spirit is speaking to you. And maybe it's different for some of you. I don't know where you're at in your life and in your walk, but... He's immeasurably more and he wants to do immeasurably more through us and through you. He wants to do that. and Even when we don't know what to pray, he's uttering words that we can't even express. He's there for us. What about this? Anticipation with our minds. He says all that we can ask or imagine. Can you imagine what happens when God shows up? I, mean, I didn't think you'd sing a song for two hours, right? I'm like... You know, If, if we would have put that on the schedule, I'd have been like, uh, we probably need to get, get back to our dorm rooms by, by 10 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? But when God does something, you can't even imagine what he's about to do. And, and I really thought of this a few years ago. Um, Sherry and I were coming back from vacation in Florida and with our family. Uh, it was about a year, year and a half. And we were coming through Columbia. You know how kind of crazy that gets. Um, and uh, we were coming through Columbia, and we stopped at an Mart gas station, and I bought Sherry a new phone a week before. So, you know, that's like prized possessions. You know, she gets the good phone, by the way. Husbands, make sure your wife has a good phone. But um, she, she got the good phone, and, and, and she, we thought that she left it in the bathroom, and she left it in the store. And so we get on the interstate, and it was one of these long stretches between exits. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know you got to turn around. You know, where's the exit? And you don't see nothing, nobody. And, you're, and I'm like, it's Columbia, man. It's got to be... An exit somewhere, and we're just on the outskirts. And so we're going through 10 miles down the road. So, all right, we got to turn around and go back. Well, we were trying to get to cross country practice because we coach at Veritas and we were having cross country practice at 4 o'clock. We're leaving Orlando and trying to get back by 4 with three kids. Crazy. Um, actually, I actually had two kids at the time. But. And here we stopped at M-Mart. we lost the phone, and so we turn around and go back. 10 minutes, 10 minutes back, then we go start looking in the store. Can't find it nowhere. Well, you know, I'm, I'm upset. You know, I'm like, why'd you lose your phone, honey? Come on, you know, it's the brand new, you should have that with you at all times. You know, I'm just... And then something dawned on me. Said, she handed me that phone before I got in the car. I said, honey, I'm sorry, but... She said, didn't I hand that to you? I was like, oh, yeah, I think you did. I go back, look in the doctor's bag. bam, right there. Fun. Get back on the interstate. Three more hours of me being wrong and her being right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and she's great about that. She's she's good. She didn't she didn't harp on it long. But we're going that, we go past that exit. We get to the next exit. There's one EMS car there. Two cars on their side. Three other cars hit. Five car pileup. One lane open. Probably happened 20 to 30 minutes. Exit past where we turned around And I looked at it And I started laughing I said look God knows More than I can ask or I can think I can't even, listen I can't think this up and I can't make this up Like He spared us I Made mean, it just happen. 15-20 minutes And who knows What could happen I not know this, he used something small as a phone To remind us that, look, you don't have as much control as you think you do. That I'm before you. I'm behind you. Just be in the center of my will. God wants to move in your life, and he wants to to work through you. Get the right perspective. And when we can't enunciate it and we can't anticipate it, God's on time, and he's there. And he wants to do immeasurably more. Look at the fourth thing. Get more power from him. It says this, according to his power that is at work within us, you don't need more of God. I used to think you got to get more of God. Like, as you grow in your faith, man, you get more of God. You know, it's like, you know, just get a little bit more, you know? No, that's that's not how it works, okay? When you accept Jesus, he gives you the seal of redemption, which is his Holy Spirit. He gives you um, uh, an assurance of who he is. And you don't get more of him. Now, you can. You can let more of him out of your life. You can let him um, work and move your life, but you can't get more of him every day. But he desires more out of you. You can't get more of him, but he desires more out of you, more than you think is possible. See, in coaching, I tell him students all the time I say, look, man, you can run farther than you think you can. You have the endurance to do far more than you think is possible. Even last week, I was running with a few of the students and I was trying to really get a couple of students to get their, their personal record time and, and I was trying to run with them. I was like, look, you, know, you can do this. You can do this. And by the end of it, they run five miles and they're like, oh, coach, I cannot believe. Listen, there's more potential inside of you with the power of the Holy Spirit than you could ever do alone. You just got to be willing to say, Lord, move through my life. Work inside of me. A few things about this power. The first one is this. The authority comes from him. We receive the authority that Christ has given us. Look at 2 Timothy verse, or chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, just a couple verses here. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 says this. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Paul's referring to a moment when him and the elders of the church came and laid hands on young Timothy and the faith, and, and God just moved in a mighty way. It's kind of like one of those moments where, I mean, I accepted Jesus when I was 11, but I was a junior in high school. I was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Florida and, uh, and I was just in a room by myself, and all of a sudden God said, you know what? You're saved, but you haven't surrendered to me. Like, you've got to be overflowing with me. Like, 100, and I heard him say, 150%, Adam. I'm like, why not just 100, you know? It's like, no, I want you to go above and beyond. Like exceedingly, abundantly above all that you think I can do. So we're going to go 150, all right? And I just felt my spirit, him saying, surrender it all. And I said, God, here it is. Here it is. And man, he just began to just unleash his his power and his authority in my life. I didn't really understand it all, but I was like, Lord, okay, I'll take it. Whatever it is, you do that. And and this is an example of, of Paul telling Timothy, hey, fan into flame." You know, you've seen a little campfire we had one last night at a campground, you know, We're fanning it, trying to get the, the blaze to come on. He's like, fanning the flame. Like, man, I want that thing to burn bright. I mean, how I just want to burn just a little bit for Jesus, man? Let's burn bright. I tell students all the time, hey, do you want to be a dim star or do you want to be a bright star? Because we're a star. And he's the light. And we gotta reflect. We gotta we gotta shine him. It can't be hidden. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And the authority is in him, but notice this, the anointing is in us. The authority is in him, but the authority or, or the anointing is in us. He's like, hey, let me flow out of your life. Let me energize you. Let me be the one that works through your life. Wherever God has you, we're all ministers in the gospel. He wants to anoint us for his purpose. His Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of it. Each one of us, once you accept him as Lord, it's up to us to let his power flow through us. Get more power from him. It's available. Tap into it. Here's the last thing as I close. When we gain more prestige for him, when we make him more famous, when we get more prestige, that should be our purpose in life is to give glory to God. It says this, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. See, John the Baptist knew this. He was setting the pace for Jesus' arrival, right? John chapter 3, verse 30. He says, he must become greater, I must become less. He must increase, I must decrease. What he was saying is this. Hey, man, I'm just thankful that God gave, you know, Jesus gave me the opportunity to baptize him. But I'm the forerunner. I know you're looking at me right now, but look, you need to look who's behind me. Right, he's before me and behind me, but he was there in the very beginning of time. He's going to be there in the very end. And he's like, he's like, hey, Jesus is the one you need to be focused on, not me. Don't mistake me for Jesus. I think sometimes we're like, hey, more for me, more for me. Well, if he gives you more, is it going to be about me? Or is it, hey, God, more through me. So the people can't see me, they see through me, and they see him. He says, to him be the glory. First off, where? In the church. In the church, this is the arena where God gets the glory. Listen to this. John Piper said this. If the church is the theater in which the principalities and powers of the universe are to see the glory of his many-sided wisdom, then Jesus Christ is the embodiment of that wisdom and is the main character in the drama played out in the theater of the church. If the church is the theater in which the principalities and powers of the universe are to see the glory of his many-sided wisdom, then Jesus Christ is the embodiment of that wisdom and is the main character in the drama played out in the theater of the church. The way the church glorifies God is simply providing an arena in which the work of Jesus Christ can take effect. Man. This is the arena, the church, us. That's where he shines the brightest See, he's not the all-star. He's the all-time star. This is the arena, but he's the all-time star. I remember in probably 2005, first came into ministry in 2004, and, and God began to really speak to my heart. And one, one night he does this. As you know, preachers, you know, every once in a while you get a message at random times. Well, this one happened at 2 a.m. I don't like nights like that, um, but he, he you know, he, he has a way to have humor. He said, hey, get up. And I had a dream. Like, literally, it was a dream right before I woke up. And most of the time I can't remember dreams, but I remember this one. I don't know if I read a newspaper article before I went to bed or what, but, you know, normally the last thing you think of, it might be what you dream about. But I look in, and I'm opening a paper in my dream that says, Jesus Christ is the most valuable player of the tournament. He's the MVP. Happened to be March. So March Madness was on my mind. College basketball, right? And so Jesus is the most valuable player of the tournament. And from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m., God began to blow my mind. He says, start in Luke Remember what chapter we said, the triumphal entry, and you end with the ascension. And you talk about how when he came in, everybody was singing Hosanna, throwing palm branches down. You know, they were excited. He was heading in, you know, road to the final four is what I called it. And he's coming in, and, 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 and he's going, making his way to the cross. He's riding on the donkey. And then he ends by going out on top and retiring that jersey. And the Raptors saying, hey, I'm ascending, and I'm coming back. And listen, there's no other jersey in the Raptors but an MVP. There's only one in, the, in this arena. There's one. Is Jesus Christ. And He put that on my heart. And, and for listen, no lie, for 10 or 12 weeks, I led our students through a series because Jesus Christ is the MVP of the tournament. Thought I was crazy. And I showed them parallels for basketball, how Christ, He reigns supreme. And he gets the prestige. Nobody else gets the banner but him. And he wants to do that through the arena. Because he's the all-time star. But notice the last part. He says, throughout all generations, forever and ever. It doesn't stop with who's in this building. It goes on for generation to generation to generation. Over 2,000 years, we've been celebrating the exaltation of Jesus Christ. And one day, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus, that banner, is the name above every name. And he gets prestige, not only in the arena, not only in Jesus Christ, it says, but throughout all generations. There's an audience coming that's not here yet. And they want to see God working through us so that they can join us in this journey of faith. God wants to do immeasurably more. When can God do immeasurably more through you when when more praise is given to him? When more possibilities are gauged in him because he's the only possibility. When more perspective is gathered of him. But also when you get more power from him. If he's inside of you, And let that power out. And then lastly, when more prestige is gained for him, it's about his glory. Yes, it helps for our good, but it's for his glory. Are you content with asking for more? Who's the more for? For my daughter in this moment, when she asks for more milk or more food, it's for her. I'm going to teach you one more, a piece of sign language. It's all done. All done. When you're done saying more for me, as Annie will say, I'm all done. It starts inward. The Spirit works on the inside. And when you're all done, you surrender and you say, God, get it out. Get it out. I'm all done with who I am. I'm all done with more for me. That's closed hands means closed hearts. Open hands mean open hearts. When we go out these doors... Let's say, I'm all done. I'm ready for immeasurably more of you through us. God wants to do that. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity of Fairview, visit us online at trinityoffairview.org or call 828-628-1188.